you're listening to Parents You've Got This, the expert guide to parenthood. The complete guide to pregnancy, birth, baby and parenthood. This podcast is brought to you by Parents You've Got This and proudly supported by Mastella. Mastella is a natural origin skincare for babies and children, recommended by healthcare professionals. Mastella by Parents Side since 1950. There is nothing more important than keeping our little ones safe. Today, we are joined by KidSafe CEO, Melanie Courtney, to talk to us all about how to baby-proof our home and keep our little ones safe. Mel is the CEO of KidSafe, and she has dedicated her life to preventing unintentional death in children and injury. Thank you so much, Mel, for joining us today to talk about this topic. There are a few topics that are more important than this one, and we really appreciate you and your expertise. Very happy to be here. Thanks so much for having (laughs) us. Let's start talking, first of all, about the most common causes of injury around the home. What is it that you hear the most about? So homes aren't built with children in mind, uh, sorry, and they spend most of their time there, so it makes sense that's where we have a lot of injuries. The most common one um, is falls, and particularly for children under the age of 12 months, that can be off a height, so it might be off a change table, uh, it might be people having their children in a carrier uh, or a bassinet and actually popping it up on a kitchen table. Uh, so, and then obviously if the child does fall, if someone knocks it, if the child moves, it can cause a serious injury. So. Those are the ones we're talking about. We're not talking about the bumps and bruises that are a natural part of development. It's the really serious ones that we try and avoid. So when we think about baby-proofing, it can be quite overwhelming. I sort of think there's so many areas of the home that need to be baby-proof. Do you want to talk a little bit about the key areas? Yeah, absolutely. And the trick is for families, the earlier you start, the better. Um, there's less things for you to do when, when the child is very young, um, but things like making sure that curtain and blind cords um, are secured, making sure that furniture is secured. The other trick that we tell parents is to actually get down on their hands and knees and to crawl around the house like they're a child. Not safe to do if you're very pregnant, but if it's safe for you, then it's a really good option for parents because you see things from a child's perspective. So, um, you know, you see those PowerPoints that you may not have seen. You see the, the cords hanging down that children love to get to. So that's a really good tip for families. KidSafe has some amazing resources online. Can you talk to us a little bit about these and the safety checklists that KidSafe has? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a great home safety checklist, which is free. So families can download that online. We've also got a baby safety guide. So it's a really good short course that families can jump on online. Again, it's free and it takes you through how you need to set up your house to keep it safe. And it also takes you through a lot of the products that you need to purchase. And more importantly, sometimes the products that you don't need to purchase that are available. And so when you're talking about hopping on your hands and knees and crawling around the house, there's some of those key areas, you know, that we need to protect. One of them might be like electrical outlets. How do we go about baby proofing those? Well, something like electrical outlets. So most people do have a switch on their mains, which actually will switch off um, if any children do get anywhere near a PowerPoint. But the other really practical one is just to have PowerPoint covers so that children can't access them, they can't put anything in them, um, that they just keep right away from them. So there's all different types of those ones that you can purchase. What about um, trying to tap into our little one's natural curiosities? You know, there's a there's a drawer or a cupboard and it just looks, you know, I wonder what's inside. How can we deal with those cupboards and cabinets and drawers and things like that? What sort of safety precautions should we have in place? So one of the things we say to families is to do whatever helps them. If they want to put latches on every single drawer, then they can do that. Sometimes it might be easier just to gate off an area. So, for example, the kitchen's a really dangerous space for children. So rather than potentially 
locking every single drawer, which you've got to remember to lock each time as well. There's no point just popping it on once and then expecting <laughs> it to, to stay. And it can be frustrating for families too. So it might be instead that they gate off the area. Uh, so just little things like that. But, you know, when you talk about those drawers, we all have those junk drawers that might have batteries in them, uh, things that are really dangerous for children to access. So it is really important to have that thought process and decide how you are going to keep your children away from those objects. Yeah, and I think, as you said, they're, they're curious and they are exploring and they're putting everything in their mouth. And if you do have those cabinets around, you know, they're putting toys and things, but they're also potentially getting access to things like your handbag and things like that. How do you go about stopping them from, I guess, putting things in their mouth or making sure your home is safe? It is really hard because it's such a natural part of development for them to pop things in their mouths. So it's really getting into the habit of keeping those things out of reach. Handbags, particularly for visitors when they come over, they've got things like poisons in them as well that we don't want children to access. So keeping them out of reach. And then the other really big one is when families, and you know this better than anyone, have more than one child, maybe three, four. Um, by the time you get to your third or your fourth, you might be a little less vigilant. You might remember a bit less about what you did when you had your first. And that's probably one of the most dangerous times because you do have older children who are likely to have things like Legos and, you know, really little pieces that can be dangerous for children. So it's just being vigilant and being mindful of that all the way through. What about furniture, Mel? So some of the furniture that we have in our home is built in, but other things aren't necessarily. Um, and, you know, we hear in the news the awful stories about things that happen when furniture tips over. What sort of things do we actually need to secure? Do we need to secure low-lying things as well as high things? And what are the best ways to do that? So we do recommend that families buy that low furniture, low um, heavy set furniture so that it's not likely to tip. But it's things like TVs, it's things like uh, chest of drawers. So chest of drawers to a children, especially if they're open, can look like a staircase for them to climb. So that's really important to secure and you might need to secure each drawer as well as actually the whole, um, the whole piece of furniture. Usually the manufacturer now does uh, almost as standard provide furniture straps that you can use to secure them and it's making that effort to do it because it doesn't take that long it can take 10 minutes it's a bit of a pain but you know we know families who have experienced the worst and who've lost their child because they, they haven't taken that time and what they wouldn't do to go back and do that now so it's something that's really important that we encourage all families to do and the other tip with furniture tip overs is not putting things that are attractive to children up high um, on top of cases that that might make them want to climb and try and get them as well. So it's sort of a, a multi-stage thing, isn't it? It's, you know, recognising, I guess, what your, what your child is going to be able to do um, and then making the time to actually work out what the solution is and then actually make that change and secure that. Absolutely. Item. So we say it's a three-step process. So identify the hazards, which you can use our home safety checklist for. The second one, decide what to do with it because that's different for every home. It might be restricting access to it. It might be removing it completely. Some people get rid of bookshelves when they've got young children. Uh, and the third, the most important step, is to take that action. What about window blind cords, Mel? These just absolutely freak me out. But um, what are the, the regulations around those and what should parents be aware of when it comes to window coverings? So really important not to put a cot underneath um, a hanging anything that's hanging really. Uh, but curtain and blind cords can actually cause strangulation in children. We, we had a, we've had two deaths in the last couple of years just in Vic alone. Um, but it's a really simple one to actually take action with. So you just need a device to secure it to the wall to make sure that it's not hanging and it's not um, it's not a hazard for children. So if you live in Victoria, you can get free kits from Consumer Affairs Victoria. But otherwise, it's a quick trip to the hardware store. You know, it's mm -hmm. five or ten dollars, and again, ten minutes to do that. And it's something that you can do 
before your baby comes along. With rental properties too, uh, all of these types of um, baby proofing or making things safe, is that okay in a rental property? Because I think it can be quite daunting. You know, obviously you don't want to harm the rental property and then impact having issues with your bond. Are these things able to be done in a way that's equally safe for the baby but also okay for the property? Most most states and territories do enable you to make changes for child safety reasons without even having to get that permission from a landlord. So that's really important to do. But otherwise, we encourage landlords to obviously enable that. And then it saves them having to do it for families going forward. We're actually trying to get some legislation through at the moment that landlords have to have uh, curtain and blind cords secured before families move in. And then it is a tenant's responsibility to maintain that. So, um, you know, absolutely such an important one. And what about stairs? There's lots of stairs in the home. Are you, do you, are you supposed to put a stair gate in front of them or is it different rules for different size stairs? How does that work? Well, so we just suggest having them at the bottom and the top. We have had people ask us before, do we put it in the middle and let the kids practice down the bottom? No, you should practice with them. It's something that if you want to do it, do it together. And make sure that you do get, uh, particularly at the stop at the top of stairs, it's really important that you do get ones that are wall mounted so that they will sustain some pressure if you've got a child pushing on them uh, to make sure that they don't obviously fall through um, and it has to fit the size as well. So it's a really important one to get right. What about burns, Mel? Um, what are some of the things that we can do to prevent these? And what are some of the common, common causes of burns for children in the home? So the biggest one for kids is actually tea and coffee. And when you're thinking about newborns, you've got lots of visitors often coming over wanting a tea and coffee. So just getting to the habit of making sure that Bub is nowhere near any of those visitors, definitely not being held by them when they're having a drink. Their skin is so much thinner than ours and it can cause a serious, a burn can cause some serious damage really, really quickly. So, you know, and things like hot noodles, getting into habits like making sure that the kettle's out of the way, um, saucepans have the, um, the handle at the back of the stove, just little habits like that are really helpful. And then even in the bath, you know, put on the cold water first, then the hot water, then the cold, just so if someone does accidentally turn the tap on, it's cold water coming out, not hot water. And around the home, there's lots of poisons um, and often things where children can ingest that you may not have even thought about. Can you talk about some of the common um, poisons and things that we and how to baby proof with those? Yeah, absolutely. So the most common poison is actually paracetamol, which most wow. people don't realise. They go, oh, no way. But when you think about it, it's often in the pram, it's often in the bags, it's, it's really accessible. So it can be because children access it uh, unintentionally, or it might be an overdose by parents who are potentially tired, potentially sick themselves um, and maybe not taking note of how much they're giving at which time. So paracetamol is a big one. Um, what we do say with poisons, the Poisons Information Centre is amazing. If you don't have their number, 131126, pop it on the fridge, put it in your mobile phone, have it, call them any time of day. Um, they're just wonderful if a child does accidentally ingest um, a substance. The first thing they will ask is, what did they ingest? So really important to keep things in their original containers, take the packaging with you. And remember that just because it's child resistant, it doesn't mean it's child proof. So children will get that child resistant um, medicine and they'll put it in their mouths and they'll get it open really, really quickly. It's only hard for us to open. <laughs> the irony of that. Indeed. So Mel, as our little ones get older, how does our baby proofing or our child proofing need to change? Is it something that we just do once and then we're done or how does it work, you know, over those first couple of years of our little one's life? 
It would be amazing if it was one and done. And it, you can get a lot of it done before the bub comes along. So things like securing furniture and locks and things like that. We do also just suggest having a safe play area for children. So if you've got so many hazards in your home, might be applicable for things like a farm. You can actually have an area like a playpen or that's gated off that's just for bub uh, that can keep them occupied while you might duck out for a, a coffee. Not out, sorry. <laughs> Don't leave the home. I'm not advocating that. Yeah, <laughs> duck to the kitchen. Uh, still obviously supervising your child but you can just have a little bit of space from them. So that's something you can do when they're younger. As they do get older, that sort of thing becomes a bit harder. So it is being really vigilant. You know, once they start furniture walking, they're more likely to pull something like a TV down. So it's really making sure that, you know, you are taking those steps as you go along to to watch for those bigger items that are going to do some damage. And I think often if we don't have a pool, we don't think about water safety being a big Um, baby proofing um, problem when you've got children. Can you talk a little bit about why water safety is so important around the home? The biggest reason it's so important, children are so top heavy. So they can really easily, once they fall into something, it's really hard for them to get back out. And it just is that much water that needs to be there for them to drown. So it's just covering their nose and their mouth. And if they've fallen in there, they're not able to get out. So we've had our children who've drowned in baths, swimming pools, but also fish ponds. We had a child in a pet bowl recently. You know, it's those bodies of water that aren't often top of mind. We've had a septic tank as well. So really important if you do have those on your property to make sure that the lid is secured. Eskies, uh, even a bucket that might be left out overnight and it rains, all of a sudden becomes a water safety hazard. So just be really mindful. And we say that to families, not to scare them. It's to empower them to know what they have in their home and to make sure that they do keep their children safe and they're mindful of it. We talked a little bit at the start of the chat, Mel, about products that we buy for our little ones. Um, How do we know that products meet safety, appropriate safety standards? And when you hear about products being recalled, what does that mean? And how do we know that we're, you know, making sure that our environment is as safe as possible for our little ones? It is a really difficult one for families because you can purchase a lot of products online now that may not have safety standards attached to them. It's really hard to tell. So make sure where possible you look for the Australian standard. The ACCC's product safety website is wonderful. It lists all the recalls. Um, We do that as well at KidSafe. So on our socials, jump on if you're not already. Um, There's lots of ways that you can look for them. But but we do say to families, try and remember that just because it's for sale, it doesn't mean you need to buy it. Keep it as simple as possible, particularly when it's, you know, things like the cot you don't need all the extra blankets and um, pillows or or anything like that keep it as simple as possible and it doesn't always have to be the most expensive item um, as the safest either so if it meets an Australian standard for child car restraints for example then you choose what fits your budget and um, your vehicle. Um, And that brings up a good point about making sure your child's safe in their car and around driveways. Do you want to talk a little bit about road safety and children? So road safety is a really big one. It's probably the biggest question that we get from families. So the basic rule of thumb with child car restraints is to leave your child in the current restraint as long as they fit. So there's a shoulder height marker that you can see. So until they reach that point, they should not be graduating. It doesn't uh, reflect on their growth or, or anything else. It's just a really important safety element to keep them in as long as possible. Uh, driveways are a really big one in terms of injuries for children so we do see around seven deaths across the country every year and another 52 an injury every single week from a low speed runover so 
you know, it's communication between families is so important. Obviously, supervision, but in eighty five percent of the cases of low speed runovers, it's it's a family member, and they didn't know that the child was even in the vicinity of the vehicle. So they thought that they were with another family member. They thought they were inside the house. So that communication piece across all injury is so important. Mel, thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge today with us and helping to keep so many children safe. Just the work that KidSafe does is absolutely amazing um, and we're so grateful to you to be part of the Parents You've Got This Expert team. Make sure that you head to their website because they've got so many great checklists that will prevent a lot of these accidents from happening in the first place. A huge thanks to Mustella for sponsoring this episode. As much as we want to, we cannot wrap our kids in cotton wool or bubble wrap. With Mustella's Sicastella SOS Recovery Cream, you can let your kids explore the world. Sicastella is a multi-purpose cream for little skin boo-boos like scrapes and scratches, insect bites, dribble rash, minor burns or broken skin due to eczema. And it doesn't sting. All of the Mustella products are dermatologist and paediatrician tested. Mustella is our family's favourite. You've been listening to the expert guide to parenthood and never forget parents, you've, you've got, got this. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and is intended to support, not replace a discussion with your doctor or healthcare professional. Parents You've Got This take no responsibility for any medical decisions made by individuals based on the information provided in this podcast. Join a Parents You've Got This masterclass today to be prepared, excited and educated for pregnancy, birth, baby and parenthood. Visit www.parentsyou'vegotthis.com.au and sign up for a masterclass today.